You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up and welcome in to another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. He's Tony Wiggins. I'm James Erpine. Happy Wednesday to you. We're packed and stacked. This is a quarterback edition. We have uh, all things quarterbacks. We're going to talk a little Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, and then Denny Thompson going to join us. And man, we're going to get into the 2021 draft class and all things with Denny Thompson from six points in Jacksonville. Look at you booking a, a quarterback expert. Have to, Just man. a few weeks ahead of free agency and about, what, six weeks ahead of the draft. Six weeks uh, six weeks ahead of Trevor Lawrence getting picked in Jacksonville is what I did. That's right. So, you yeah. Sure? Denny, you Denny's, sure it's going to be Trevor? It's going to be Trevor, man. <laughs> Denny's worked with these kids in high school. He's worked with, with them through college. Uh, even worked with them uh, right before uh, these guys, uh, you know, uh, decided who they were going to do for pro days, some of them. So, uh even he has a lot of pros to guys that are in the league that come in and work with him. Uh, so uh, throughout the week, he took time out today. He has a bunch of guys in there today, but he took time out today to come in and talk to us. So uh, good stuff. I want to talk about two vets though. One of them did something that kind of ticked me off a little bit. Russ. I don't mind that Russ is exercising his, his people get mad. That he says, you know, he told Seattle, I want to play for you, but, in case you trade me, here's where I want. Well, when you have a trade clause, you, you, you're you able to do that. Look, if you guys are going to trade me, this is where I want to go. So don't waste your time, right? But he mentioned one team, and, and I don't like the fact that he mentioned Dallas. And the reason why I don't like the fact that he mentioned Dallas is because Dak has a situation with Dallas that's going on with Dallas. And I think that's kind of – you just you just don't really do that, man. That That's his team. That's his situation. You don't interject yourself in that situation and give Dallas anything else to think about other than that. You, you just don't do it. I, I don't think you, you're kind of messing with another person's money. You know, you're kind of interjecting yourself in somebody else's divorce. You know what I mean? You leave it alone. Let, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something though. Cause I don't think it's a divorce. If you it, it potentially if, could be though, because if, now if, you just, you gave Jerry an off uh, an option. Oh, well, it could be a breakup, but if you had an acquaintance, and you're unhappy with your significant other, See, not I married been, at the I, time. I might, I might have been in this situation before, so you might be, <laughs> you might be on my street. So go ahead. I think we we probably all have, and and you uh, understand that there might be a little trouble in paradise. Let's just call her Dallas, and she's having a little trouble, right? And you're looking, and you're like, Dallas is pretty attractive, and it feels like you and your significant other are treading down a path towards breaking up and divorce because you guys have been married now for a decade. If you're Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, almost a decade. And he's unwilling to commit to Dallas or Dallas is unwilling to commit to him. You're looking at her like, "Mm, I don't blame Russell Wilson because I actually think it will be a hell of a fit. And if he could somehow get his way to Dallas one, if you're Jerry Jones, I'd make this happen today. First we of all, talked they, about it with Deshaun Watson. I think Russell Wilson's a better quarterback than, than Watson He's, he's older, but I think he's better. And if you want to win now, I think he's the guy you go after. What were don't, you saying? Don't they have a show called Wife Swap that just described what you just – and you Something know, like that. Yeah, I don't easy. watch it, but yeah, yeah it's out yeah, there. Yeah, it's easy to just want someone 
looks is one thing. Wait, you'll see why we're having problems. <laughs> Trust me. It ain't all. Let, my thing is, let me fix my situation before you give an alternative. If it, it, the quarterback, these guys are this a fraternity, man. And now you just gave Jerry an out. Jerry's saying, no, Dak, I ain't paying you. I'm not. I'm 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 gonna send you, I'm gonna franchise you again and I'm gonna send you to Seattle. What if Dak don't want to go to Seattle? What if he wants to stay in Dallas, but he just wants Jerry to do him right? Now then he should have signed. Then he should have signed for 35 you, million. You just stuck your curly head self into my business when you could have just handled your own situation. Don't bring my stuff up with your stuff, brother. That's, you can you, you can do that if you want. If you're a top five quarterback, you can do that. If 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 you're walking around strutting around at the pool and Dallas is right there and you're showing off your six pack, Tony, because you've been eating those belt bars, then you know all power to you. I have been but eating Dak, my belt. Dak could have taken the extension. Dak could have taken it last year. I have been eating my belt bar. Yeah, but okay, you're right. You're right. Here, here's the thing though. It's he's just greedy. almost it's almost like coaches. What co- yeah, he's greedy. I would be greedy too. And you I'm know I'm not what? blaming him. I'm just right. saying he got a little when you, greedy. When you, play, when, you give, when you give those guys all of that money that you they've gave they've given out money like it's monopoly money in Dallas. But mm-hmm. all of a sudden, with this guy, you want to, you know, you want to sort of be stingy a little bit. And I know relative to the dude that's out there right now here in Jacksonville building a house, it's not stingy or some dude out there laying concrete it's not stingy. that's not what i'm talking about so i don't want people to get all funny like that i know trust me i'm a barber i cut hair and i get hair under my fingernails and it hurts and i don't make a million dollars to do it i get it but come on man you just don't that's like a coach talking to another coach or talking to an owner about a, a job where the guy hasn't been fired yet you just, I just think he broke some sort of bro code and a protocol and I might be wrong, but you know, it just, it just feels funny to me. I, I've never seen a guy do that. I've never seen anyone do it. And it's like, come on, Russ, have some class. We are reaching a, a point with these quarterbacks. And, and if Watson gets traded, cause he's the one who kind of set it off here. And it feels like he's going to get traded at some point, even though the Texans won't take calls. And now Wilson speaks out. Rogers flexed a little bit. These quarterbacks are starting to use their their weight a little more, these stars. And, and we talked about it a few weeks ago on the Wednesday edition. It can have a ripple effect. And I, I do think that that aspect of it – and let's be honest about Dak. I think Dak is very good. He's not great. He will never be Wilson or Watson. I think there's a clear difference. I think he's top ten. But I think yeah, he, I think probably. I think I think he's better than Kirk Cousins and those guys. I think sure. I think he hangs right around that – there's a top tier, and then he's right there behind him. And, and I just don't think he gets his credit. So, so here's what someone might say. Well, Watson said he'd go to Carolina or Chicago, and that's somebody's job. Yeah, but Dak, is, Dak, is, it, Dak sits at a different table than the rest of those guys to me. And, and that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's another level. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't think, think he sits at Russ's table, though. I don't, I don't either. But I also don't think Tony Romo ever sat at Philip Rivers or Roethlisberger's table, but I don't think anyone would ever have done that to him. Oh, interesting. I, I don't think they would ever – I don't think Romo was ever Aaron Rodgers or anyone like that, but I don't think anyone would have ever done it to him. I think he was held in a higher regard than, than Dak Prescott is being held by his peers – I think Tony Romo was was being held in high, and I don't think he was ever 
Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Drew Brees. That's fair. I, I think part of that is Dallas, when Dak got there, was more buttoned up and had a better roster. And Dak was just about to reach the phase of, watch me overcome. Right. Right. He had to throw for a bajillion yards before his injury. Well, right. w- watch what I do w- with nothing here, with some offensive weapons, but a bad line and a bad defense. And right. that was kind of Romo outside of 2014. That was Romo for most of his career in Dallas as he was kind of overcoming. So I think Dak was about to reach that phase. And I think he could. And, and honestly, Watson took a big step in 2020. Maybe Dak was going to do that in 2020. Maybe that is the case. But I do think it is telling that Dallas doesn't want to pay Dak that 38, 39, 40 million, because I think he's very good. And they offered him a very good contract, not an elite contract. Yeah. And it's going to be even more difficult now for him to get that money because he's coming off of an injury. And maybe, maybe what they've seen now though, is this, maybe what they've seen is they were absolutely terrible without him. And, and when you're terrible without someone, Maybe when you're really, really bad without someone, you really understand exactly how much you actually missed them. Because maybe if they had Dak, they would have made a little bit more noise, you know, and, and actually gotten to the playoffs instead of the Washington football team. I'll tell you what, we're going to make some noise. We got Denny Thompson from Six Points Academy. He's going to break a few myths and tell us, and I'm going to tell you, man, if you've never talked to him or heard him, Get ready for a dude that really knows how to break down some quarterback stuff. And I'm telling you, he gets calls from me about once a week asking him, what does this mean and what does this mean when it comes to the fundamental aspects of quarterbacking? You're going to hear it for two segments, a regular segment and then one that's focusing on the draft. And we're going to do that in just a second here on Locked on NFL. After we tell you about betonline.ag, betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing, and you need to go on betonline.ag because it covers everything, awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time, updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. James and I, we win some money all the time because we're putting our mind and our money together and we're fattening our pocket, and you can do the same thing. If you sign up today, it's free. You get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. But to get that deposit, that 50% bonus on your first deposit, you need to use the promo code Locked On. One word, Locked On, to get a 50% deposit at BetOnline.ag. It's where you got to go to get that deposit. It's where we go. It's where you need to go to. All right, man. So, look, we're covering everything you need to know about the entire NFL. But what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered, and there will always be other things you need to hear, and you can hear them on Locked On today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. Now more of Locked On NFL. All right, man, as promised, we're back here. James Rapine, Tony Wiggins on Locked On NFL here on a Wednesday. We're going to talk quarterbacks. One of the best quarterback coaches in the country, Denny Thompson at six points. Uh, I've been knowing him for a long time, trained up a lot of people. Uh, A lot of pros come in and out. A lot of high school kids come in and out getting offers. Mac Jones for the last year and a half while he was at Alabama. He's a Jacksonville kid. That's who he worked with. 
He's joining uh, James Rapina now. Denny, what's going on, man? What is up, my boys? Y'all good? Yeah, it's draft season, Denny. I'm excited. I love this time of year. So uh, uh, I'm excited. Looking forward to free agency as well. Looking forward to talking to you about these quarterbacks. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. It's a crazy quarterback year uh, in the draft. So it's, it's, it's definitely been – I've done a lot of these things this year where normally I don't do them that often, but there's so many intriguing storylines with the quarterback position this year. A lot of intriguing quarterback lines. I want to get to something before we start mentioning guys individually. One of the people, one of the guys that I talk to all the time, we get a lot of armchair quarterback people on Twitter, right? So oh, yeah. I called Denny. Uh, this had to be four or five months ago. There was a quarterback. Everybody was killing him one Saturday. I called Denny. I said, Denny, they, they're accusing this dude of staring down his receivers. But I said, Denny, I watched the play, and he had trips on one side and nobody was on the other side. If all the receivers are on one side of the field – why the hell would he look over the other side of the field? <laughs> it, it, it isn't if all the actions over there, isn't he supposed to look that way? And then he goes, Man, you're right. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go, go ahead. No, you no, tell it's me. one of like it's one of the most infuriating things. Like we 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 were all we all came up playing sports and you play a certain type of way. And listen, I'm I'm about to be 45. Things have changed from when I played to now. So, I mean, if you really you sit back and you think about the things that we still hear commentators say, things like, well, he stared down his receiver. Oh, did he really? Or were there three receivers in the same place? And then what's the alternative? Do you want him to throw without looking at all? Or did you even take the time to even possibly consider that they're in man coverage and nobody's looking at his eyes anyway? It, it's like the it is the laziest form of commentating and it's the laziest form of, like you said, Twitter armchair quarterbacks that, that are out there. It is it is infuriating when you consider what the options are. What exactly do you want Justin Fields to do? You want him to look to the left but throw to the right, and then when he throws a pick, you're all going to say, why is he trying to no-look pass it? it? It's just it's people trying to be negative, and they have no freaking clue what they're talking about. And I'm, I don't mean to start off angry, Wig, but but damn, man, you already got me going. <laughs> Let's stick with Justin Fields because it's funny, Danny, when you guys were talking, I don't even think Tony mentioned the name. You knew what I, I was knew talking about. You, but I knew who you were talking about, too, because that's been the the criticism that he's taken one of the many after that that Clemson performance. I think everyone penciled him in at the, the number two pick. Is, is, is it crazy now to see his stock at least fall in the public? And do you think that he should be that second pick ahead of Zach Wilson, who everyone now is assuming is going to go to the Jets or whoever trades up for him at number two? I, I don't think it's crazy. I'm, I'm not sure his stock is falling as, as much as people are really starting to dig into some of these other quarterbacks. Um, on our show on the Sports Den back in September, I admitted I had not watched a lot of Zach Wilson film leading into the year. And I spent a weekend watching every snap he had taken at the college level. And I was blown away. And I said in September, this is going to be the second quarterback. I don't care what anybody does. This guy's got kind of a little Aaron Rodgers feel going on about him. And he's got that kind of arm talent. I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Rodgers. But I think this is more of a situation of people realizing Zach Wilson is legit. Now, you can say, hey, who did he play and all that kind of stuff. But what you have to remember when you're talking about quarterbacks is at the NFL level and even at the college level with recruiting, the most arrogant people in the world are coaches. And so if they see a kid with a skill set, they don't care what he's done up to that point. They believe 
that they are so good at their job that if you give them a certain skill set, they can make it work. And a lot of times they're right. A lot of times they are the best at their, they're one of the 32 best quarterback coaches in the world statistically. And a lot of times they can make that kid work. And so I think Zach Wilson has that baseline talent that it does. It shocks you when you really sit there and you watch this kid throw a football and you watch the way it comes out of his hands and how fundamentally sound he is and how he uses ground force through the throw. It, it almost takes your breath away of like, holy cow, like this kid is special, special. So I think it's more Zach Wilson coming up than Justin Fields going down. You just basically described Josh Allen. Josh Allen yep. is the, he's the toolbox, isn't he? He is the, yeah, he, no, he was the ultimate toolbox that, that people said couldn't, couldn't throw a rock in the ocean if he was sitting on a boat. And well, you, you can make that argument for Mahomes too. I mean, th- I, there were those people with Mahomes when he came out of tech. It was like, okay, big arm, but they were finding all kinds of flaws in his game, very similar to what we hear with Zach Wilson and Josh Allen. So let me ask you something. Um, with these quarterbacks, what is the so if 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 you're going in a room, let's just say you, you're going to a camp. What's the first thing you're looking for if you're if you're a prospective coach looking for a quarterback? What's what's the one, it, one characteristic? Yeah, I think it differs at every level, but but you know, I use this analogy. We've all been to a baseball park, a baseball game, or something like that where you know, people are hitting balls, all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden that one dude steps up and it sounds different coming off of his bat. Mm. We've all, we've all been there. If you go to a golf tournament, when those guys hit the golf ball, it sounds different than when we hit a golf ball. This is the same thing for quarterbacks. You can see when the ball comes out of their hands, there's some of the guys that it just looks different coming out. It looks smooth. It looks effortless. And then it just pops out and there's this natural arm whip. People got onto Blake Bortles here locally a couple of years ago when he said he wasn't a natural thrower. And there's a lot of truth to that. And there's a lot of guys that play in a football who's not a natural thrower. They're those natural guys like the Trevor Lawrence. I saw Trevor when he was in 10th grade. And my very first thought was, I don't know if y'all can cuss on this. So I'll keep it clean. Holy cow. <laughs> like the way that ball came out of his hand was a thing of beauty. And so that's the first thing you look at at a very, very high level. And then you start to tie in, So really what the optics are, when I'm training guys, especially guys who are trying to get those offers, you have to have certain optics. And I'm not talking about being 6'3", 6'4". I'm talking about when you throw, it looks a certain way. It looks effortless. It looks like, I tell people this all the time, coaches don't know exactly what they're looking for, but they know when they see it, Mm. if that makes any sense at all. And so if you can figure out kind of what that blueprint of what people want to see you can kind of manipulate their thoughts about you. And, and there's a lot of – football's become, especially at the quarterback position, the calmer you look, the better you play and the calmer people are around you, the game so fast. And so that's how we train. We train in a very – we want to be slow to fast, zero to 100. And we don't even really want people to realize we just went zero to 100. We skipped 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, and went straight to 100. That's kind of the, the example that I give when we are scouting people. When I get asked by colleges, hey, check out this, this recruit, I want it to look easy, but then at the same time I want to go, holy cow, he just swung that ball. Tony, one quarterback that uh, certainly appears to be rising up draft boards, and again, that's at least in, you know, in the media and, and, and on Center and stuff like that on this podcast, is Mac Jones. And is he a guy uh, – 
one one story or two about him that gives our listeners an idea about it because I I think uh, there was at least one or two people that came out and, and said they expect him to be a top ten pick and I think that took a lot of NFL fans off guard caught him off guard surprised them you've been working with him you know him what would any team any franchise that gets this kid what are they getting you know it's funny about Mac he's he is. He's one of those guys that when he walks in, he's not going to blow you away, right? He's not – like Justin Fields is an impressive-looking cat. Of course, Trevor's impressive-looking. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not Mac. But when you start talking to him, I think it was Kuiper that made the Tom Brady comparison. And I did a Boston radio show yesterday, and they were asking me about it. And, and there's some truth to that, not, not in the ways that people think, not in the ways we've all seen the, sh- the picture with Brady with the shirt off and Mac with his shirt off, and they look unathletic. Here's the, here's the difference. We live in this elite world. Like we've all covered athletes and I work with athletes and these guys are all elite, but then there's some guys who you can't really identify what it is, but there's this presence about them that when they walk into any room, it makes everybody better. Everybody comes up. That's Mac. And that's Tom Brady. And so if you take away just the physical traits and the comparisons, that's what Mac has. And I think what you're seeing is the more people that get around Mac and the more teams that get around Mac and the more scouts get around Mac, they feel that. And I can tell you guys a story during coronavirus when it first happened. We we took a very small group of quarterbacks and it was an impressive group. It was SEC, ACC guys and about two or three NFL guys. And we, we went every day. And this was said out loud on multiple occasions. Out loud, it was said about Mac by other dudes that guy's a first-round draft pick. Mm. He would go a week without missing a throw to the point where, you know, after at the end of it, we would all sit down and be like, okay, did Mac miss today? No. Did Mac miss yesterday? No. And he's very businesslike. He knows what he wants to accomplish. He's a very he's a well-rounded guy. Like, he speaks fluently other languages. We were all taking investment advice from Mac. He, I mean, everything, he's just well-rounded, and he's so intense. You, you saw during the Alabama season, the only thing Mac cared about, and I would text back and forth with him about the highest minute and all that kind of stuff. Mac didn't care about that at all. He wanted that natty, and that was it. And then when he got it, he let loose. You didn't yeah. hear anything from him, and then all of a sudden he's on social media every single day. That's how driven he is. But that it factor, guys, is that we all know those people. They walk into the room, you sit up a little straighter. You work a little harder. You want to be better because they're in that room. That's Mac Jones. Yep, and uh, I tell you what, and James, you uh, you wonder you weren't the first person to hear me comp Romo to your guy up in Cincinnati. Denny was. I told Denny, I said, <laughs> Joe Burrow reminds me of Tony Romo because if you want to play kickball, jacks, jump rope, golf, you're gonna pick him first, and he has that whip it motion, and yep. and he wears that number nine. He reminds me of Romo, and I'm gonna tell you right now, everybody's talking about Tom Brady. Brady's not the comp for me. With Mac Jones, the comp for mm-hmm. me is is uh, Kurt Warner. That when I watch him, that's what I see. I see. Yeah, him. that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but that you know that's really interesting. Um, and and to piggyback off that wig during that coronavirus thing um, when, when, that I just mentioned, you know who we were watching film of and trying to, to emulate with Mac was was Burrow. Like just to tie your whole story together. If you look at the way Burrow went from his junior to his senior year and you look at the way Mac went from the previous year, which I guess was his redshirt sophomore to his redshirt junior, they're damn near identical. 
We used everything from shin angles to the way Burrow escaped the pocket to his, his small steps to even the way he was using the inside seam of his feet to, to manipulate the pocket. If you watch Max film, very similar, but I love that Kurt Warner comparison, man. Love it. It's funny, Denny, as you were describing Mac, I cover Joe and I was like, oh, well, that that feels like Joe Burrow. Like it, you could just tell his the night he was drafted, we were on a Zoom and he was on a Zoom with like 30 local media, including myself. And I could feel that through the damn Zoom virtually at the start of the pandemic last April. Right. And that's uh, mm-hmm. so, so that that is interesting. And it look, if if that's the case then he fits anywhere. We always talk about fits and, and teams and stuff, but then I think Mac Jones w- would fit anywhere. So if you're a quarterback needy team, certainly take a look at him. We'll continue with Denny Thompson up next right here on Locked On NFL. I mentioned it earlier in the show, Built Bar is the number one protein bar on the planet. I eat one every single day. Tony's a big fan as well. Look, you put on a little quarantine weight. So did I, so did everybody. It's been a crazy time. Built Bar can help you reach your fitness goals as vacations start to pick up later this year. Check them out right now at BuiltBar.com. All 18 amazing flavors that they have, whether it's coconut almond, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, cookies and cream, caramel brownie, mint brownie. There's something for everyone. And their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Right now, you're going to save 20% off your next order because all you got to do is go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code locked on 20 and you're going to get 20% off. Again, use promo code locked on 20 for 20% off at builtbar.com. Welcome back into a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL, where we take a dive into the future of your favorite NFL franchise as Tony and I are joined every week by a draft expert to talk prospects in the upcoming draft and young NFL players fresh in the league. Did your team? Have big rookie performance this week. Are they shaping up to have a premier draft pick in the 2021 draft? Get everything you need every single Wednesday right here on Locked On NFL. And be sure to subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, man. So, hey, we're doing the draft uh, section right now with my man, Denny Thompson from Six Points and from the Sports Den in Jacksonville uh, uh, that he does with my man, James Coleman. It's James Rapine and Tony Wiggins. We're talking all quarterbacks. We started the last segment by busting a myth about staring down receivers. We're going to bust another myth right now before we start talking about these guys as prospects. Denny, let's bust another myth. A guy has I'm, to step, I'm ready. Let's go. A guy has to step up in a throw. He shouldn't be throwing the ball off his back foot. Says who? <laughs> Says the armchair quarterback and the Twitter guy that he's throwing off of his back foot because he's scared and he can't step up into the pocket. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going to use another baseball analogy. Let's bust this out. If you walk up to a baseball game and you see a guy step into the batter's box and he's standing on his left foot and his left foot only, you're going to look at him a little crazy. That's how you want a quarterback to throw is off of one leg. Right. Like it, it's, it's, it, it's again, and I'm not trying, like, I, I shouldn't be this way. It should be educational, not angry, but I, I just, I, I get this all the time. The reality of it is ground force equals power. If I hand you, this is the best analogy I can give, and I'm stealing this from my man, Will Hewlett, who I work with. If I hand you guys a pickle jar and I ask you to open that for me, you're going to secure the base and then pop the top, right? Or you're even going to work opposite. What you're not going to do is take the top of it and spin it around in a circle. It's never going to open. It's the pressure that pops the jar. 
So when we throw in a football, we need ground force. We need almost opposite rotation to start to full rotation to finish. That requires two feet. That requires heavy weight on our back foot. Now, I agree you shouldn't be leaning on your back foot at the end, but that back foot should, step, should play a role into your throw. And when you watch Aaron Rodgers throw or you watch Patrick Mahomes throw, you watch these guys throw, that back foot, does, it, it doesn't stay planted. It moves a little bit, but there's almost always a little bit of weight back there on that back foot to, to accumulate or to account for that right hip rotation. That's where the power comes from. That's where the pressure comes from. So when you say, hey, this guy's throwing off his back foot, eh, that's not necessarily the case. He's throwing the right way. He's not throwing the way that we were all taught in the 70s and 80s is all that is. Denny, is it um, – well, when you look at the quarterback evolution here, it, it, how, how surprising is it or, or just what are your thoughts on, on the, the mobile quarterback? Because, you know, I think back – 10, 15 years ago, and you have all these pocket guys. Now, really, the only pocket guy I can think of is probably Brady. I'm probably missing one or two. But even a guy like Burrow can move a little bit. It, it seems like that's it's really a requirement if you're going to be successful in today's game. Yeah, I think a couple things have happened on this, and it's, it's really an interesting um, subject. The first thing that's happened is the evolution of the quarterback at the young age is when I was growing up anyway, and in Jacksonville, your best athlete didn't play quarterback. Your best athlete played running back, outside linebacker, receiver, DB. Now your best athlete plays quarterback. Mm -hmm. And so naturally they're more athletic. They're more gifted, more free moving than what we all grew up with. So I think that's kind of where it starts. And it's gotten to the point now that from a training perspective in the last 10 years, the way it's changed for us, we do not classify guys in any way, shape or form as dual threat or pocket passers. We train them all the exact same way, and that's explosive movements, teaching them, you know, what parts of their feet. I mentioned shin angles and all that kind of stuff, the technical parts that it can, I can at least make them quick from tackle to tackle, right? Now, anything outside of that defines dual threat for me. And if you can beat, you know, an edge rusher, you can beat the contained guy to the outside, then maybe you are a dual threat guy. But the other thing that's happened with the position in the last three years the zone read has given way to RPO. And a lot of people think those are the same thing. They're two very different things. And mm -hmm. the zone read, I'm pulling to run. In an RPO, I'm pulling to pass. And the evolution of this is really cool. It goes back to the triple option of how do I play 11-on-11 11 11 football instead of 11-on-10, but my quarterback don't count. How do I make him a piece of the puzzle? And the way that I do that is I don't block somebody and I have him read that guy. And so now I'm playing 11 on 11, if that makes sense. I've got 10, 10 guys um, accounting for 10 guys. My quarterback is reading somebody. We're not blocking him. We're leaving him free. That puts us 11 on 11. And so I think the definition of dual threat, now we use the term twitchy instead of dual threat. Is he twitchy? Meaning can he ride that RPO and get that ball out of his hand really quick? That's twitch. Can he evade that A-gap rush but still in a, be in, a, in a position to throw with balance? That's twitch. I don't really care if they run a 4-5 or 4-4 four, four, four anymore. That puts a lot of pressure on – that's why you hear people talk about a two-down middle linebacker. That puts, that's why you need Fred Warners. That's why you need mm -hmm. guys like that. You need, that puts a lot of pressure on your middle linebacker. That puts a lot of pressure on whether or not you run uh, a, a strong side linebacker or a safety. 
Because now you have to account for that guy. You have to account for that guy as a runner. You have to account for that guy as a person who can extend play. So coming up in this draft, I told James that I think four guys will be gone by pick 12. I think that number's going up now. I, I really do. Do you think that four guys will be gone by pick 12 in this draft? You know, we were talking about this last night on the radio show. I ref- I don't have a reason why, but I, I don't believe so. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's crazy, um, but so I think CBS Sports had a mock where it had five of the first eight being quarterbacks. And I just – I think this mock draft world's gotten so big that people just want to say, hey, five quarterbacks in the first eight picks, and that's the headline. And my prediction is that there will be a mock within the next two weeks that the headline will be six quarterbacks in the first round. And they'll say there was a run on quarterbacks early, and so Kyle Trask goes to New Orleans or New England or something like that. I think at the end of the day, what we're going to see is we're going to see Trevor Lawrence, we're going to see Zach Wilson. And then there's so much elite talent at other positions. I think people are, if they trade up, they're going to trade up to get Panay Sewell or Jamar Chase or, you know, one of these DBs or something like that. And so I think we see two quarterbacks fall. If I'm being honest, not all, all these guys are not top 10 talents. Mm. Um, You know, I, I, and I think that's got to come into play at some point. Like if I'm going to draft Mac Jones at number six, but I've got him number 30 on my overall board. Is the quarterback position that important? And is my quarterback played that bad that I'm saying no to one of these receivers or a generational tackle? And so I, I think the answer to that's going to be no. You know, maybe we can survive with one more one more year with our guy and let's just get better as a team at other positions. So I think it will be, I think it'll be four in the first round, possibly five in the first round, but I do think you'll see you know, New Orleans, New England, something like that, take the fourth and fifth. Danny, how hard do you think it's going to be for teams to evaluate a Trey Lance, you know, a guy who opted out at the quarterback position? You mentioned Sewell. He opted out. Jamar Chase. You got a lot of skilled players and linemen that it did. But as a quarterback, it's got to be tough to, to miss a year. And uh, and obviously that happened in Lance's case. Yeah, and, and you know, his wasn't an opt-out. They just didn't play. Right. They had they played one oh, game. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it, it stinks for Trey, and I'll tell you how hard it is to evaluate. I can't evaluate him. Like, I have no idea, and, and a good friend of mine is training him. And so I'm just going by what, you know, what, what Quincy's telling me. But, yeah, I think it's going to be really hard. I think you're going to have to be a team that's either got, you know, a new staff with a full three- or four-year promise, or it's going to have to be somebody that, that general manager's got enough juice to take the heat if he misses on that one um, because there's not a lot of, of – of things that you can point to and say, hey, this translates to the NFL level. Well, we're going to let you go. I know you're busy. I want to give you a chance to tell everybody what you got going on with your simulators and all of your training. But I, I will tell James this. James, when I told you on a, a couple of shows a couple of weeks ago here on Locked on NFL that Sam Howe will be the guy that everyone's talking about next year, I got to admit right now I stole it from Denny. I, that was that, that, stole it, huh? Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I, you know, you know, my hypocrisy only goes so far. You know what I'm saying? I got that information from Denny Thompson. Hey, there ain't no stealing between you and I, Wig. Because if I'm gonna start admitting everything I stole from you, we're gonna be here a while. <laughs> All right, we Denny. just both claim it, <laughs> right? Denny, tell tell everybody what you have going on. Tell them about your academy, your show, and then the the great work you're doing with the simulators going around traveling. Uh, yeah, man, it's it's cool. We've got cool stuff. It's cool stuff. It's our you know six points is. 
is going, going. Like I got, we were, we were basically sold out all the way through August as far as individual training sessions. You know, we have these groups that we still, you know, have people coming into and stuff like that. But one cool thing that's happening in this world of quarterback training is quarterback simulation. And I can't wait until I get this thing up in Jacksonville because one of the first people I'm going to have in there is you, Wig, because you are going to lose your mind. I can put you on any field you want to be on against any defense you want to play against running anybody's offense you want to run. And you have to simulate. You take a snap. And when you take a snap, there are 11 dudes coming to get you. You have to read defenses. You have to throw the ball. Like, you literally throw the ball, and the ball has all these measurables on it that provides instant feedback to me, the trainer, that shows, you know, RPMs, and it shows the speed of the ball. It shows everything. And this thing gets that ball into, like, a – I mean, an exact, a precise point of where that ball would go. First time I hopped on this thing, I had the big head said, put me at the NFL level. I went three of 23 with five interceptions. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Let's go, let's go on down to high school. Let's, let, let's do that. But no, we're excited. We're excited about that. It's uh, if, if you want to follow me at Denny underscore Thompson, a lot of information will be coming out about that shortly. Uh, we're rolling them out to colleges right now. They're sniping them up like crazy, but it's, the next evolution to give guys game snaps as many as they want so that they are game ready. It's the reason why the quarterback position is going to do nothing but get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'll make a bold prediction to you guys. There will become a point where there are so many quarterbacks, a quarterback will not be the highest paid player on the player on the field. It'll be defensive guys because they're going to be figuring out skill sets to stop these guys. Wow. Wow. Well, Denny, man, I know you're busy. James and I really appreciate you coming on here. When you told me you were going to take time out to do it, I hit him up the other day, and I think we both did cartwheels. So uh, <laughs> uh, it's it, it, not going to be the last time. You're coming back. So No, uh, let's do it, man. Love it. Love it, man. All, all right, man. Get busy, and uh, good luck to you guys, uh, all the guys that you train uh, that's getting ready for the draft, man. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, All Denny. right, boys. All right, all right. All right, buddy. Thank you. All right, man. Appreciate you. All right, that was great. Denny Thompson from Six Points, training a lot of guys. I know he had Book and he had Mack in right before they went to the Senior Bowl, too. So that was pretty, pretty good stuff here on Locked On NFL. All right, for James Rapine, Tony Wiggins here on Locked On NFL. Till next week, you guys continue to take care of each other. And we'll see you same time, same place here next week on Locked On NFL.